0: Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. It's exciting when you high five. Come on. Thank you, Lord, because you're winning. Praise the name of Jesus. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord on a Thursday night. It's normal for you here, amen, in La Mirada. But for us, amen, it's an addition. It's an honor. Hallelujah. Always a blessing to be able to come to our pastor's church, amen, which is your church. Praise the Lord. And uh, to accept the invitation, it's a blessing, amen. And we're excited. Praise God. I'm excited. Thank you, Lord. And uh, I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Hebrews chapter number 4. Hebrews chapter number 4. If you have a Bible, thank you, Jesus. You should have a Bible, amen. Bibles are good. Thank you, Lord. And uh, if you're running electric, that's all good too, amen. Uh, I want to read verse number 16. Verse number 16. The Bible says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Again, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you tonight for your presence. Thank you for your glory that's in this place. I pray that you would minister to hearts, That you would dig deep into us, O Lord, and that you would unlock, God, unlock, Lord, those areas that we've locked away so that we can be free and free indeed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. So tonight I want to talk about coming boldly to the throne of grace. There's many times uh, as we walk and as we live for the Lord that we wake up and we just don't feel it. Come on, we just don't feel it. We, 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 you know, and, and I'll tell you, if you start off with a bad morning, that leads to a bad day, and then that leads to a bad night, and then that leads to a bad next day, and then sometimes a bad week, and then a bad, come on, month, and then a bad season, and all of that. Amen. And the, and the devil would love, and the devil loves to see us. Walking negatively, walking discouraged, walking angry. The devil loves to see the Christians, amen, uh, uh, get in the flesh. Come on. The devil loves to see Christians tripping. And many times, because maybe we do start off on a bad day or we're going through it, we kind of hesitate or we do hesitate on how we approach the Lord. We kind of come, oh, like... Like you used to, amen, when you knew you got busted in school and they said, I'm going to call your parents and you would walk into the house because you didn't know if they called yet. Yeah. You didn't know yet. So you didn't want to come in and rat yourself off, but, but, but you kind of came in creeping. Oh, yeah. And then you can tell just by the look of your parents if they're already mad-dogging, you're like, you put on their sad... And many times that's the way we approach God. We approach him more on the negative. Oh God, I'm a failure. Oh God, I'm a... In in which have we failed? Yes. Do we make mistakes? Absolutely. Do we make sometimes the same mistakes? Yes. Amen. But yet the Bible's clear to us where it says how we should approach our God. We can come boldly. Why? Because he's our God. He's our father. One thing that I've always tried to teach our kids and instill in them is, hey, come and tell me the truth because I can deal with the truth. You're going to still get punished, but it's going to be more severe if you don't come. If I got to hear it from somebody else, it's going to be worse on you. Come on. And so we come. See, we're called, amen, as a a people to draw near to God. When one door closes, another door is going to open. Do you believe that? Yes. It's hard, amen, to believe that at times when a door closes that you had dreamed about or, or, or you thought that that was gonna answer all the rest of your life's problems and questions, amen. But when these doors close, we have to know, amen, that it wasn't by accident, God wasn't surprised, God didn't get panicked or worried, but another door will open, and for you and I, it's the just wait. Just wait. And so tonight we're going to look at how Jesus invites us to come unto him. How he says, come unto me, amen. See, we're products of our daily choices. Your your choices, amen. When you wake up in the morning, our choices to acknowledge God. Our choices to begin our day in prayer. Our choices to put on the armor when we wake up. Do you know that God wants us to put the armor on every day? <laughs> Ephesians, amen, chapter 6, hallelujah. In, in the armor of God, that should be something that we, we go over every day in the morning before we head out. Sometimes you got to put it on before you even leave your room because some of you hit trials the moment you step out of your bedroom. Come on. The kids are already, where's my shoes? Where's that? What you? Come on, bruh, bruh. No, no, you don't hear that? Man, I hear that in the morning. I'll hear them chirping and chirping and chirping and then finally I just say, hey! Then they say, what's the matter with you guys, man? You just woke up and you're already arguing like little schoolgirls. Come on. No offense to schoolgirls that argue, amen. But when you got teenage boys, you know, anyways. Moving on, hallelujah. So we're products of our daily choices and our choice that that I'll tell you is above every other choice is. Are you going to come close to God? Are we going to come close to God? I will come nearer uh, to the heart of God. And the, the belief system that we have is if we will, he will. If we will, he will. Hallelujah. James chapter number four, verse number eight, it says, draw nigh unto me. And he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It says, draw nigh unto me. Get close to me. You know, getting close is a good thing. Come on. It says, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. Do you see that there's a choice that we have to make? We have to make that choice to draw close to him. We have to make that choice to, to say, God, I'm here. God, I'm, I'm seeking after you. God, I'm, I'm searching for you. God, I'm going to surrender to you. Surrender is something that believers are, are not doing much of today. Because we want to live our will and yet still expect the reigning from heaven from God. Amen. We want to do our way, our will, my choice. My, I want it my way, God. But yet I want you to sprinkle your blessing over everything that I choose to do. And how many of you know God's not like that? God expects us to, amen, serve him in the manner that he wants us to serve him. To be obedient. Obedient. Do you know that we still serve a God that expects obedience out of his kids? Out of his church? He expects us to be obedient. Amen. And it's, it's fine and dandy to be obedient when we agree with everything that God's saying. When it has to relate to blessing. Oh, there's a blessing coming. I'm obedient. But how about when you dislike the the thing that you have to be obedient about? You have to make choices. Hallelujah. So he says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. So we have to ponder on the door of life. When one door closes, we accept that another door will open. And if we have to wait in the hallway, come on. I mean, can can you wait outside? You ever been told that? And you're just standing out there? You're just like, what in the world? Why am I just standing here? And then you even start to lose interest. Well, if they don't come, I'm going to count to 10 real slow. And if they don't call me, I'm just going to leave. 10, 9. Then you'll get to one and then you'll go, okay, I'll give them a little more time. 10 more, 10, 9, right? But the hallway is always that, that place of, of, of I don't know that place of what should I do when a door closes and you know oh, I can't get back in there and yet another door is not open yet there's a valley of, of, of decision that we have to be in right there are we going to wait upon the Lord or are we going to abandon what God wants to do inside of us see when God closes a door you can be sure that he's going to open another one but it's not gonna be on our time. It's not gonna be when we snap. It's not gonna be when we sprinkle him with our fancy prayer, amen. It's gonna be according to his will. And if we have to wait in this hallway until the next door opens, amen, then it's gonna take that faith and that trust that Jesus is gonna come to us because we've come unto him. Come unto me. Are we gonna be passive or active? See, We need to be active. Hallelujah. We need to be active in our faith. Active is another thing that is intentional. We need to be intentional with our prayers, intentional with how we serve God in the day and age in which we're living. Hallelujah. We need to be intentional with serving the Lord and keeping him first. Lord, what, what, what in my life has you second place? What in my life? Show me, God. Expose to me areas of my life, amen, that that you are not first and give me the strength to deal with them. Come on, because God will show you. Now you have a choice. And many times doors are not opening because we're not making the right choices in the hallway. To come means to reach forward. Purpose going, to draw near, to move towards, move with the purpose, to advance, to go forward, to rise in rank. Growing, hallelujah. See, we have several uh, commands that are, are requirements to come. We have several commands that are requirements to come. See, something I learned a long time ago, amen, a real long time ago, is many times when pastor says, well, if you want to do that, then you can come. In reality, that's a command. <laughs> but some take it as, oh, I'm off the hook. He, he, he gave me a choice on whether I want to come or not. So, uh, well, I'm just not going to come. And I've learned through the years to just follow that example. I do the same. Hey, if you want to come, come on. More the merrier. Let's do this. But in reality, I want everybody to come. But if I have to command or if pastor has to command us all the time, amen, well, uh, you need to do this, then we'll feel many times like, oh, I'm being told again what to do. But by choice, you go, man. I want to do this. I want to be there. I want to go. Hallelujah. I want to be a part. I want to be in the car. Save a seat for me. I'm in. Hallelujah. Tell me how long. Let's go. I pack a bag. Hey, let's do this. Thank you, Jesus. I remember one time. Ooh, man. We, uh, my wife and I had been married just for a little while, and this one's going to expose. Amen. We've been married for, mm, I don't know, a good little while now. I mean, it wasn't quite a year yet. And uh, the same phone number, I had the same phone number that that, that I had. I mean, it was at a house, amen. That was before cell phones and all that. And out of the conscious blue, I'm talking about way out of the blue. Way, way out of the blue. Believe me, way out of the blue. Phone rings, I answer it, and did you ever do this? And I'm like, well, who is this? And it was just so a person from my past, amen, a person that, that I had hung around with before, you know. Anyways, amen. And so, and so, I mean, it was just, it was just questions were coming at me, you know. You, you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And my wife being, you know, your wife, amen, she's saying, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? And then she could tell I'm getting a little irritated by who's on the phone. And she's like, Give me the phone. I'll you know, because I got a cycle for a wife. Amen. <laughs> she's holy and she'll cast the devil out of you, but she'll also knock your teeth out. Amen. <laughs> and so she's like, Go, go, go. And then you know what? You know what I did? Our biggest, I mean, 12, size 12, <laughs> I chewed on it. I was just in the middle of listening to this nonsense. I'm like, what? What? What are you talking about? Nah, man. What are you talking about? And then she's at me, coming at me. Who is it? What are you going to do? And I'm like, what? And I'm like, what? And I just said, it's none of your business. (laughs) That was one of those that you wish you can just pull back and shove it back in. Nope, too late. Amen. So I wrapped up that phone call. I said, hey, don't ever call here again, man. You know, I've been married a good little while now. So, you know, get out of here. Right. And so I hung up. Oh, I hung up and it was just. See, to explain the situation, after I explained the situation, it was like, oh, okay." But the offense came with it's none of your business. And that's where the war was. That's where the war was not going to be over. But watch this. Then my phone rang again. I picked up the phone. See, and that was before caller ID and all that. So you're just like taking a shot in the dark. Amen. You just Hello. (laughs) And it was pastor. He said, John, I got to pick you up right now. You're going to go with me. We're gonna be gone a couple days, pack a bag. All right. All right, where are we going? Oh, no, just I'm gonna pick you up. I'm on my way to your house. And, and that's the way we rode in the old, that's the way we rode now, amen. But that, that was, a, and, and, and so I was like, thank you, pastor. Thank you, pastor. And I hung up the phone to be continued, I gotta go. Pastor just called, he's picking me up, you know. She goes, and then, you know, so it, it was just a frustrating time. And so when we got on the freeway, I started to explain to pastor, and then pastor being pastor, he called her on the phone. He settled it all down, hallelujah. And I came home to Chile con carne, you know. But but you see how, man, there's times that we're going to get hit with stuff and and we're going to we're going to face trials and we're going to face things and that we have to remember who we are and what God's called us to be. To cut the attachments, to come. Again, it means to reach forward, purpose going, drawing near, moving towards, moving with purpose, advancing, going forward, intentionally serving God, intentionally knowing, hallelujah, that there is no strings of the past that can come back. Come on. Too many Christians are, are, are trying to live so close to the world so that they don't look like Christians, but yet they want to be so close to the church uh, so that they don't get called out for being in the world. They're scared to be in the world, but yet they don't want to sell out to Jesus. They're sissified. It's time to get in, amen, all in. All in, Hallelujah. All in. Let God change you. Let God transform you. Let God do. But it it, it takes coming unto the Lord. To come unto me, it, it's, it, those are precious words. And to accept the invitation, it takes planning and it takes effort. We, we, we need to move away from the highways and the hedges and, and come towards the goal. Amen. Get to the goal. Matthew 19, 14. It says, but Jesus said, suffer the little children and forbid them not to come unto me. For, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. The message Bible says it this way. But Jesus intervened. Let the little children alone. Don't prevent them from coming to me. God's kingdom is made up of people like these. Hallelujah. See, we can't be a roadblock for some that want to come to God. Our testimony, amen, is an avenue to get people, amen, that that are not in the house of God yet. They're not in the they're in the valley of decision, and it's your testimony and your example as a Christian in front of them. Amen. Are we our brother's keeper? Yes, we are, amen. It's your example in front of them, it's your testimony that's gonna lead them as an avenue to get to God. Hallelujah. And it comes through you, amen. You're the Bible that many are going to read before they ever open up the New Living Translation or the New King James or the King James. You're the Bible that they're reading. But what are they reading in your life? Come on. Some of you behave more like it's the Satanic Bible. Ooh, that was a ooh. So here's a couple personal invitations, a few personal invitations that Jesus has for us where he says come and these are in the new testament amen see jesus desire is for us to come to him do you believe that it's his desire that he that we come to him daily it's his desire that we we cast it's his desire i'll get there it's it's his desire that we pour our heart out it's his desire that we trust him it's his desire where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It's his desire. The same way you desire relationship with some, you, you desire as parents, amen, and you have adult children, you desire that, that your kids wanna be a part of, of, of your life, that your kids wanna be a part of, of, of everything you do, amen. Hallelujah. You know, a couple of weeks ago when Pastor and I came back from Texas, you know, we got up at the crack of dawn over there in which they're two hours ahead. So in reality, we were up at like three in the morning and then we flew home and then we got home. And then my two daughters were heading to San Diego to go watch this country concert. I don't know who the heck these country people are, but they do. Amen. And so I just kind of I just kind of threw it out there. Hey, uh, do you do you want me to go? You, you want me to roll with you, too? And it was first I was talking to Nana. I said, Nana, you you want me to go? Me and mom, we will we'll go. And, you know, come on. These are teenage. She, well, she's not a teenager no more. She's 20. She's getting old. Amen. And my other one, 29. Amen. So. So, you know, they, and, and she's like, yeah, dad, that'd be awesome if you came. Come on. My, 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 uh, these kids want to hang out with their dad and their mom hallelujah so i said ask your mom if she wants to go and and i know she didn't want to go amen she was having some pain back then and a couple weeks ago and that. but she said yeah i'll go thank you lord and, and so they wanted to hang out with our kids didn't mind hanging out with us you know that's good that's good some of you are like well what the heck's a big deal what's a big deal pastor what the heck's a big deal because I'll tell you, around the world today, there's teens that don't—they're doing everything to sneak away from their parents. Come on. They—they're they're like, "Oh, you're you, there. You are interjecting yourself into my life when I—I I can't have one day alone without you." Come on. Some of you are like, "Man, I just had that conversation this morning with my teenager." Thank you, Lord. So then I took another shot today. My son's going to sing uh, with his choir. They're going to sing at, at Magic Mountain on Saturday. And he's in choir alone, my son JT, and uh, he's going to Magic Mountain. So I just hit him up. I said, hey, bro, you want me to roll with you? I'll go to Magic Mountain. And he said, oh, dad, that'll be awesome if you go. Come on. I said, Hello. Dad, that'll be awesome if you go. So I said, "Well, we'll throw Scooby in the car too. He can roll with us. Hallelujah, because you know they, they want to get on all those whoop-de-whoop-de." No, I'm good. I'll chill from down here. I'll drink a cup of coffee. I'll get on the ones that I know I can fit. Amen. Because a couple of the one time it popped open, and I'm like, uh, "I don't want to die here." Amen. But you see, in the same manner, Hallelujah, that we have a desire for relationship with our kids. And our kids desire relationship, or we have a desire for relationship with our spouse, amen, to where we can be as close as we were in the beginning, amen. When, when, when it was all about each other, and now it seems like wedges have been drawn in between. Yeah, life is still going on, and everybody has to keep doing what they're doing. But in the same manner that, that we have desire for contact and close and to be close with some, Jesus has that same desire to want to be close with us. He has that desire where, where he's asking, hey, do you want me to go with you? Do you want me to go with you? And, and, and some of us with just the way we behave and the way we are, it's like, no, nah, Lord, can you just stay back this time? Can I just leave you back this time? And you see, you don't realize anyways, but he goes either way. He goes either way because he's waiting for an opportunity for us to change our mind with whatever we're doing. But the question I have is, where are you taking Jesus? Where are you taking him? Some of you say, nowhere bad. Thank you, Lord. But others, we can't say that. But his desire is for us to come to him. Do you believe that? His desire. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Some of you say, man, I've, I've been heavy. I've been weighed down. I've been going through trials where he says, well, come unto me. If that's the way you feel today, come to me. See, what an invitation. But you see, that invitation is conditional. He said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. There's the invitation, it's there. But the choice to come is yours. The condition for coming is your choice. Hallelujah. Number two is, you know, thinking about casting. Anybody ever been fishing? If you've ever been fishing, you know what casting is, amen. It's when you send that thing out there in in hopes that you're going to grab a hold of the big one, right? You know, it's that sense. And so when we understand what casting is, And yet the Lord, when he says, come to me, when you bring that weight to me, when you bring that old hurt to me, when you bring that, that 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 heaviness to me, when you bring that so sleepless nights to me, when you bring your confusion to me, when you bring it all. This is what I want you to do. I want you to bundle it all up, wrap it all up, wrap it, bring it all together. Just pull it all together. I want you to be able to get it. And then I just want you to just cast it cast it off of yourself cast it onto me in psalms fifty-five twenty-two, he says cast your burden upon the lord and he'll sustain you he'll never suffer the righteous to be moved the the message bible says this pile your troubles on god's shoulders come on Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple into ruin. Man, that's good right there. I could end it right here. Just to think on that is that Jesus says, come to me. And Jesus says, cast your burden on me. See, many times that's what we're not good at. That's why we don't come boldly to the throne of grace. We come with our head down. We come showing the signs of the weight that's weighing us down. Where when he says, come boldly to the throne of grace, that you may obtain mercy, we could come with our head up. We could come with our head up, amen, knowing that our dad, he's not waiting to spank us. He's waiting to push us forward. Can I get an amen? Jesus invites us to cast our burdens on him. And listen to me, he can handle any problem that comes our way. When it's over your head, listen to me, when it's over your head, it's under his feet. It gets over us, it weighs us. Even though it's over our head, it's still under his feet. The third one. Jesus says, come and see, come on. You ever come and see many times. That's what I share with people. Amen. They go, I'm not good at testifying. I'm not good at, I'm not good at, at sharing my faith yet. I don't, I don't know much and and I'll tell you, amen. And I'll share with them, Uh, invite, invite. That's all you got to do. Invite, come with me. Just come with me. Get them in the house and God will do the rest. Get her in the house and God will do the rest. Because what we don't know and what we can't communicate ourselves when they're in the house and the Holy Spirit begins to move and to operate inside the only way he can. God begins to touch in a manner that we don't know that we can't even do it in ways that we can't even see you don't know it's that one song hallelujah it's that one song or, or even that one moment hallelujah when Raul begins to share in the middle of a song and he begins to speak amen what God is telling him to speak we don't know that that might be the very arrow that broke through every bit of hurt and hardness uh, that, that, that w- was being carried by who we brought in so don't ever be afraid to invite a matter of fact, uh, invite and then offer them lunch. Uh, come on. Hey, you want to go to church? Eh, I'll buy you lunch wherever you want to go, really? 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 Claim jumpers? Claim jumpers? Oh, and you go, Well, if it's going to cost me claim jumpers to get you in the house of God, let's row. Amen. Come on. I don't even like claim jumpers. Well, anyway, somebody does. So Jesus says, come and see, come and see, come and check this out. You know that that's the way we always live. Come and check it out. Check it out. You're going to want to see this. Come on. And when God's moving, you're going to want to see this. Experience God in a personal way. John 1 says, he said unto them, come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day. For it was about the 10th hour. The message Bible says he replied, come along and see for yourself. Come along and see for yourself. They came and saw where he was living and ended up staying with him for that day because it was late afternoon. See, there's a question. Uh, there was a question from some people. They desired to know more about Jesus. So Jesus invited them and he let them know, come and see, hallelujah. Many times, amen, come on down, come on down. We're just having dinner. We're not going anywhere. Come on down. And you know, some, that's all they need. They need to sit down in a normal situation, sit down in a life situation, sit down and just have dinner and see what it is to be sitting down at a Christian table. Come on, somebody. That's what they're looking for. Many times, amen, when I was young in the Lord, I used to roll around with this older guy and all we would do is go from elderly house to elderly, elderly house just to drop off pandulce. it was crazy and we drank cups of coffee I OD'd on coffee every day but you know what it was it, it was just times where we would sit down and we would just hear and then we would find things to pray for And before we would leave that place, we would just pray so we would pray for all the elderly of the church And then he would pray for me and I'd pray for him. Hallelujah And you know all of that was just showing me wow, this is normal Because I mean, you know normal before the Lord was not normal Amen. I tell you, I used to wake up and dry. I, I mean, I would go before I even brush my teeth, man. I would get in my car and I would go by the dairy and I'd buy a 40 ouncer. And then I go back home and I get in the shower with my 40 ouncer so that I can shower and get ready to go to work. I needed a 40 just to function. Why? Because if not, I'd be shaken. I needed a 40. Come on. That was normal to me. So to sit inside a house and talk about Jesus and drink some coffee, that was a new normal that I had to learn, a a godly normal, a godly life and lifestyle, a way that just blew me away. And the more chances and the more opportunities. Just to be around. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints together. Amen. We got to be together. Yes, there's a time. Yes, we need the word. Yes, we need the preaching. But we also need the sitting down at the table after and fellowship. Don't be in such a hurry to run out the, and run to your car and take off. Don't, be, don't come in late and leave early. Some of you antisocial. Show up late and split at altar call. There it is. Please stand. Vroom, you're gone. Amen. And then you wonder why you feel alone. You wonder why. Amen. Come on. See, the more communication lines that are open, the better. The closer we walk with Jesus, the more satisfaction that we find in our daily living. Hallelujah. Number four, Jesus invites them to come to the living water. He said, come and drink. Hallelujah. There's something special when we gather together. You can live longer. Listen to this. You can live longer without food than you can live without water. You can live without food because your body will start eating itself from the inside out. But without water, you're gonna die of dehydration. Hello, and Jesus said, come, come and drink. John 737 says, in the last days, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Let him come unto me and drink. Hallelujah. If any man thirst, let him come and drink. Jesus knows our humanness. He understands our nature. Jesus has, has, has provisions that he's provided for us. Think about the woman at the well. Think about her for a second. She was dirty. Amen. She didn't go to the well when the other women were at the well. Do You know why? I was thinking about that. You know why she didn't go to the well when the other women were at the well? Because she might have slept with some of their husbands. <sighs> Because Jesus exposed her. You've been married five times, sister. And the homeboy you're living with right now ain't even your husband. So if you're the get around broad. She don't want to go to that well when all the ladies are there. Because she might have, hello. She might have got tossed up over there. So she would wait. Because it was in the cool of the day. They would go and water But she would wait till the sun was hot and blaring. And she would go and draw alone and sweat. And that's when Jesus met her. That's when Jesus showed up at the well. See, Jesus didn't need to go and see all the women that were were filling their their basins in the morning. He wanted to go see the one. He intentionally went to go see her. See, the Samaritan woman... uh, She received an invitation. Jesus answered, let's read it in the Message Bible, John 4, verse 13, it says, everyone who drinks this water will thirst again and again, but anyone who drinks the water that I will give will never thirst, not ever. The water that I will give will be an artisan spring within gushing fountains of endless life. That's what she promised to her. And you know what that sister did? She could have bogarted it right there. She could have just stayed right at the presence of Jesus and never even moved. But even though these people despised her and they casted her out because of her lifestyle, even though they booted her and she couldn't even be in association with them, the first thing she thought when she knew who she was talking to was, hold on, I'll be right back and she ran into town, and she just began to shout, there's a man here, and he told me my whole life, you all gotta come out and see him. You gotta come out and hear what he has to say. Come on, come on, and look at the arrogance of the men. Well, we're coming out not based on your word, you hooker. We're coming out because we just wanna go see. That's the way Christians get sometimes. You forget that the Lord picked you up from sin. You forget that the Lord picked you up and now all of a sudden you look at somebody else that's in sin and you look down on them with your nose held high and you're rude and disrespectful. That's not the heart of Jesus. That's not the heart of come unto me. That's not the heart, amen. So we got to remember church. We got to remember How about the next one? Jesus invited them to come and dine. The Bible says in John 21 12, it says, Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. None of the disciples dared ask, Who are you? knowing that it was the Lord. They'd been fishing all day. They were tired. They were hungry. And Jesus met their need right there. How about you? Are you tired? Are you hungry? Come on. Are you hungry for more? Are you heavy laden where he says, come to me? Uh, Are you in that valley of decision? Are you in the hallway right now because the door closed and you haven't seen a door open yet? These are all the places and times that it's fitting perfectly to say, you know what, God, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on you. And the last one, Jesus said he knows the need to refresh our hearts. Go ahead and stand. He says we must come apart. See, we'll enter into God's rest. Jesus invites us to come and to be blessed. He invites us to come. That same invitation that he made throughout the Bible he's making tonight. Have you been carrying weight? Sometimes we're carrying weight that's not even ours. We're carrying weight that Jesus already bore on the cross. We're carrying sin that we already repented from. How many of you ever figured out that you're you're saying sorry about the same stuff that you already did years ago? Anybody ever find yourself doing that? You get down on your knees and you start praying, "Lord, forgive me for my sin today." And then here comes the thought. Oh, forgive me for that cigarette I smoked when I was 12, God. Oh God, forgive me for the booze that I did. Forgive me for ditching school all those times, God. Do you know that when you got born again, if you got born again after that, that every bit of that stuff, when you accepted Jesus, he washed away. So we don't need to spend time praying about those things no more. Why? Because those are already in a place where Jesus goes, what? I don't even remember what you're talking about. But the devil wants to keep us so occupied and weighed down by stuff that happened long before we were even saved. So that we can't pray for what's going on right now. Lord, I pray that you reign, Holy Ghost, fire, power right now, God. You move in my life, move in my family, move in my kids, move in my parents, move in my brothers and sisters. I'm seeing. He said, come, come. Matthew 25, 34 says, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world but I'm closing with John 4 verse number 8 I mean James 4 8 where again he said draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you come boldly come boldly I know it's a it, 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 it comes against everything that comes in our thoughts you know I have one granddaughter She's real bold. She has a real deep voice. And uh, she'll kick something over or she'll spill something and it'll and she just looks up real quick. Sorry. It was an accident. Real deep voice. She just looks up and she goes, sorry. It was an accident. And I say, I know it was an accident. I saw it, baby. It's all good, but you know, she didn't look up like she was scared that I was gonna come and hit her for it. She didn't look up with fear like, oh my God, look at what I just did, I'm never gonna, you know. She looked up to make sure that she can make it right. Sorry, it was an accident. (laughs) That was bold, it's bold. It's bold. Many times we come. We want a penance. We want to punish ourselves. We want to go into the old ways that we've seen and we want to crawl on our knees for a mile all the way up to the temple just so that we can get a blessing. I mean, you know, none of that's necessary. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace. Even if you have to admit failure. Even if you have to admit sin. Even if you have to come to pour out something. Lord, I'm coming. Here I am. You're my father. And I'm your son. And you already know because you saw. Because I mean, you know God sees everything. But all he's waiting for is to hear you. To hear you come unto me. I want to open up the altar tonight you've been carrying weight it's time to lay it down you've been burdened carry it lay it down lay it down he said I'll give you rest I'll give you rest I'll give you rest you know that God's not calling you to compete with anybody and God's not calling anybody to compete with you unless you're in a ball game But in life, we need everybody in order to grow the kingdom, in order to grow the church, in order to grow, amen. There's coming a time very soon, amen, that many are going to be leaving. They're going to be taking cities and families are going and so on. So what does that mean? It means... Those that are here need to fill in the gaps, fill in the areas of those that are leaving, fill in and fill in and fill in. So if there's five people doing the same job, there's no, there's no competition. We need all five. We need 10. Everybody needs somebody else. Everybody needs to duplicate. The ushers need to duplicate. The teachers need to duplicate. The leaders need to duplicate. Everybody needs to duplicate. Why? Because God's calling plan is to send and send. And I'll tell you, we're moving into an atmosphere, a time, a moment in our living word family, amen, where we're going to begin to see sending. We're going to be sending, sending. Why? Because we've already been in the reaching and the teaching. And we've already been in the mending, the hurting, and the resetting, and the restoring. And now it's time, amen, to be sent. It's time to go. It's time to go and see what God wants. But we need more. We need more. So you ever feel yourself needing to try to compete with somebody, you rebuke that out for yourself.